Well, welcome. Once again, this is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. That's 89.1 FM on, on your dial. And very, very happy that you tuned in this morning. We have another show. I think you'll enjoy uh, some of the things we'll be looking at today. So I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Aboot. David. Hey, John. Great to be here with you today. It Beautiful is day. son Tristan, home from college. Hi, Tristan. Good to be back, Mr. Martha. Good to be back in radio land again. So again, thank you everyone for tuning in. And today we're going to look at something very interesting, I think. And that is the whole use of parables and unlocking parables. Because as you go into the scriptures, you'll see that Jesus uses many parables. And there's many reasons to this, but parable... Uh, is where I think of uh, the word parallel, running alongside each other, or a paralegal walks along with a, a lawyer uh, alongside. Mm -hmm. So you see that idea of parallel, parable yeah. means alongside. So you have a spiritual truth wrapped in earthly meaning, mm -hmm. like an everyday story, and it's to illuminate. But we're going to see in a moment, it's not just to reveal, but it's also meant to conceal. Yeah. And uh, that's because some people just can't handle it. They don't have the spiritual ears to, to hear it. We'll see that <laughs> described. But when you talk about parables, uh, many believe that it was in fulfillment of a prophecy that when Messiah would come, it says this in Psalm 78, verse 2, uh, 1 and 2. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. But the idea of God is going to open his mouth in a parable, or what they call dark sayings. So you can't, it's not easily accessible unless you know, <laughs> know the meaning, you know, and you have the interest and the desire to know further. Yeah, right. And so we're going to look at the biggest collection of parables probably is in Matthew chapter 13. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 13 and Jesus opens this up by giving this um, famous uh, parable. We, he's got multiple, but this first one is extremely important. And maybe, Tristan, if you would like to read that sure, in uh, Matthew chapter 13, 1 through 9. This is the parable of the sower. Um, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came, and they devoured these seeds. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, these two withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil. But these produce grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Then Jesus at the end says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Tristan. So here we see the opening parable, but notice it says, Jesus goes out of the house and sat by the sea. So when he's in the house, often he's with a very select group, yeah. usually with just his disciples, apostles, mm -hmm. and he's giving them higher information. But when he's out in why, the... Why, why is that, Mr. Murphy? Well, because some some of the stuff he wants is just meant for the apostles. Yeah. It's so not is meant the for, house like I guess the the house has walls. It's more contained. Is that sort of what you're saying? Limited people. Okay. Yeah. Because when you go out to the multitudes, what's interesting here it says doesn't say just a multitude. It says a great multitude mm -hmm. were gathered together. Mm -hmm. So he gets into a boat and he goes offshore. Now that's very interesting. Then some 
people feel that your amplification from the water right. would broadcast his message. Right. You've said it acts sort of like a microphone. Could be. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that he, he does this a couple times. He gets into the boat. He, he sits down and the people stand. Yeah. Now that's very indicative of early rabbis, the way they would teach. They would often sit. And the people would stand. You know, we reverse what it. We do today. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, exactly crazy, right. Yeah. yeah, right. It's same way in, in uh, university. So yeah. why? why you know, is usually it? the students are sitting, and the professor is at a lectern. The pastor is at a pulpit. The people are sitting. It's just rabbinical. I mean, that was just the style they did mm. back then. Was it out of respect? We don't know. I think one of the things about sitting <laughs> indicated authority. You know, the king sat on his throne. The judges sat in their chairs. Oh, like in a sure. place of comfort. It's, yeah, not, like like an, it's not like an entertainer on stage no. while everybody sits. Oh, yeah. okay. No, it's more like it. it could be a, a place of authority. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, the judges sit at the city gates. Mm -hmm. They sit at the city gates, are, you know, when people have yeah. issues in that. But anyhow, he's, he sits in the boat and he spoke to him many things. So then uh, he, he says this very important thing. He, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now he's going to explain it. And the disciples came to him and said, <laughs> Why do you speak to them in parables? Right. And he said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. But to them it has not been given. Okay. Yes. Now, yeah. here, this, very, this is very <clears throat> profound. Number one, it's given to us believers to know mysteries. Mm -hmm. Now think about this. Mm. He's going to unlock this mystery. A mystery in the Bible is often something that was somewhat hidden right. or obscured yeah. in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament. Right. I, I like the idea that it's a hidden treasure, and you know, basically what he's saying, I think, is that he's going to give them abundance, uh, and whoever does not have it, uh, even uh, you know, shall be taken away from him. Which is interesting. Yeah. We'll look at this. Yeah. So he says, so this is the idea of revealing, concealing. It's to you, I'm going to open this up to to yeah. the others. It's closed. They right. don't have access. Okay, this is, this is just God's sovereign choice at work, right? It's God's sovereign yeah. choice, but also they, they they come and ask Him. Mm -hmm. See, the Bible says, "Ask and you shall receive." Other people aren't interested. Just like today, a lot of people might hear the gospel. They're just not interested. Mm. Yeah, they don't have the ears. We're going to see that. It just I, doesn't penetrate. I always thought it was it was a really good way to filter out where he should be investing his time because he didn't have a lot of time to give. I mean. Even today, you know, I've talked to you about that. How do you disciple people? And when people seek you out and keep coming back, like, you know, when right. Ross Tristan does that, I've done, you know, I'm doing that. Um, the, the, that's where you feed into them, right? Because you only have so much time to give. So, yeah, it's a good yeah, point. I mean, yeah. if, what you're looking for is what we call in missions, corks popping up out of the water. Right. Yeah. Those are your leaders mm -hmm. because they're seeking, they're going, they're taking notes, they want to know, they're comparing, they're getting into the scripture for themselves, they're teachable. When you see those kind of elements, well, it's not hard to invest. But if somebody's lackadaisical, not interested, don't show up, don't take notes, don't bring the Bible, yeah. well, that's the level they want to be at. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about our Lord. What do you want to, right. but, but you know, I was just thinking about this, but to you it's been given to know mysteries. Just think of the normal stuff we Christians mm -hmm. know that unbelievers didn't know. I mean, we understand how the world was created yeah. in a very orderly fashion within a certain mm -hmm. span of time. Yeah. We understand that man is very different than animals yes. or plants. Mm -hmm. We're made in the image of God. We also understand there's an unseen spiritual realm. If we had eyes, yeah. like Elijah said, open right. Elijah's, we would see angels, 
yeah, transversing. We see yeah. demonic, right. demon. Uh, we know there's a God. There's yeah. one God. We know we we have yeah. access to a lot of information right. that yeah. what I call everyday man right. doesn't necessarily access. Yeah. And those are freely given. Those aren't even mysteries. You, you know, right. Mr. Martha, that's actually interesting because I'm starting to think about. Okay, like let's talk about the let's talk about the idea of um, hardening a heart. Right. Uh -huh. The idea of hardening a heart is is sort of going off the the fact that that person is they're exposed to something that, that God wants them to do, right? Or they're exposed to the will of God or the word of God and they basically close off from it, mm -hmm. right? There's like a, there's a saying I've heard that like goes, the same sun that melts wax um, hardens clay, right. you know? Like yeah. it, it's, it's the same sun, but like with different, with different, in, in exposed to different elements, it, it has a certain impact, right? So with Jesus' parables in a way, it's almost like preventing people from hardening their hearts further that would reject him. Yeah, I it's, think it's, it's kind of a cool selective process. Yeah, no, yeah. I, the, the, I like the metaphor of the yeah, the same question. sunlight, sun, the heat of the sun will harden dry clay, make it brittle, but it'll warm and soften wax. Right. What's the issue? It's not the sun, not the intensity of the sun. It's the it's the object of, of how the sun is yeah. affecting yes. these two things. Yeah, and and I like the idea that the soil represents our hearts. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, oh, we'll great, get to, great that's, point. That's, that's yeah. actually the that's important. That's a good time. But verse 12, this is yeah. very interesting. When he says... For whoever has to him, it will be given uh, more, and it will have abundance. Yeah. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Yeah. Now, so, does that sound? Well, how does that sound to people? Well, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't <laughs> you sound think, right. You would think the Almighty, you know, the God, Creator of heaven and earth, would want you to get the message. And so um, that was really hard for me at first when I first started getting into this. But then it became clearer to me. He wants you to work for it. And, well, and, you know, and in a lot of ways, he wants you to invest in it, at least from my perspective. And that's when we start getting into the soil representing the heart. Well, this represents yeah. to me that there's a parable that Jesus tells about. There are three servants and he gives each one a coin, right? Or he gives yeah. each one a certain amount uh -huh. of coin. And one, they all have a certain amount of coins. And one is five, one is two, one is one. The, the one with five coins goes and invests his coins. He goes, he takes his coins, he uses his coins, he gets double. His master says, enter into your master's joy. Um, the second servant who has two coins invests his two coins, gets four coins. The master says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my joy. But the last servant, he does have a coin, right? But he doesn't use his coin. In fact, it says, the story says that he buries his coin. Mm -hmm. And the master retrieves his property from the servant and then sends him away because he calls him a terrible servant. Yeah, right. It, it's... Yeah, cool well, it, it's, cool a, it's a principle, it's a kingdom principle known as usage. Yeah. Let me give you an example. If I break my leg and go into the hospital, the, my leg muscles, are going to, are they going to stay the same? Mm -hmm. no. no. They're going to what? Yeah, they're going to atrophy. They're going to get weaker and yes. weaker because I'm not using them. Right. But if I go to the gym every day, run, do leg presses, are my mus leg muscles going to stay the same? No. They're no, they're going to increase and increase. It's, yeah. it's a principle of usage. Do you understand this? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. not being unfair here. Well, you know yeah. what's funny, Mr. Martha? Yeah. It's actually in both ways, the muscles are essentially tearing, like they're they're breaking. Because when you're building muscle, your muscles are tearing, right? And that causes your muscles to repair themselves stronger. While if your muscles are atrophying, your muscles are simply—it's more of a decaying process. Right. Like they're yeah. just not being used, so there's no breaking, which means mm -hmm. that. But in both processes, there is a certain amount of what. Well, one is more comfortable, but causes death, and one is less comfortable but causes more power right know? we it's have cool. to use what god gives us because if we don't yeah. we actually harden our heart we're yeah. going to see that in yeah. a second right therefore he says to them mm -hmm. i speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see right. and hearing they do not hear 
nor do they understand. Right. Now, uh, look at an example of this. If you look at the end of Acts of the Apostles, okay. Acts of the Apostles, as Paul gives this famous all-day Bible study, right? It says, uh, uh, if you look at Acts chapter 28, um, they, 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 came, they come to Paul, and basically what they say, he's in, he's in there, and he says, uh, he looks for a certain day, um, and then he, then he says this, um, look at verse 22 and 23, Acts 28, 22 and 23. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everyone it is, that everywhere it is spoken against. Wait, what are they speaking about, Mr. Martha? He, he's teaching them. He speaks about the Christian faith. Okay, everywhere. Right, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyway, it's spoken against to be a Christian, mm -hmm. basically. And then you said verse 23? Uh-huh. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. From how long? From morning till evening. It's right. all day. Notice all he's using in his what? The Old Testament. Yeah. He's showing them Jesus in the Old Testament. What's their response? Verse 24. Yeah, the law of Moses and the prophets. Yeah. Um, and then they respond to verse 24 saying, Some are convinced, but what he said... Or by what he said, but others disbelieve. There's the effect. Some will receive it, some will not. Mm -hmm. And what does he say? He says in verse 25, after and disagreeing and disagreeing among themselves, they departed from Paul. After he made one statement, the Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, "Go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears can barely hear. Their eyes." They have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and I would turn to heal them. And that you know, is. that exact verse is actually quoted again in uh, verse 15 and 14 of the, the, the exact scripture. Exactly. Yeah. He, 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 this is used repeatedly in the scripture because it's yeah. present-day stuff. It's a big one. Because people might hear on the radio the gospel, they might hear a testimony, and they just flip it off. It's just sure. a big deal. Okay, sure. let's get on. But he says... They do, Jesus says the same thing coming back to Matthew 13. What he's doing is he's basically taking, tell him, taking him back to Isaiah chapter mm -hmm. 6. six Isaiah. Yeah, uh, he says, the hearts of the yeah. people have grown dull. The same thing Paul said. But, ever, but never seen, never per perceiving. But yeah. then he says about us, or the disciples, yeah. verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears that they hear. Yeah. Mm. We're in a choice position as believers, right? Right. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men, that's Old Testament, mm -hmm. desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Yeah. We're in a really privileged position. Number one, yeah. to understand mysteries. Number two, he's going to open up. And Old Testament prophets, they didn't have this access. Right. Yeah. You see, they saw it coming, but they weren't like present sure. moment like we are. Yeah. Therefore, now he's going to open up the meaning. Yeah. You the, see? I, th I think the real challenge, you know, just looking at my own walk, I didn't realize I was privileged at first. Mm. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, I was blessed that, you know, God brought me to you right away. And so you started taking me in. You know, we had weekly meetings at your house. I started to get more into the Word, so my eyes were starting to open up a bit about the power of it. But if that didn't happen... I would have been like the uh, the seat on the path where the birds came and took it away if that didn't happen. Then from there we got hooked up to a church. We started getting around a community of people of believers, and it all helped make the soil fertile. That's and, it. And that's the beauty of the parable. 
But I got to tell you, there were times all prior to my uh, life, eight, prior to the eight, nine years when I did become a, a, a new believer, where it was just seen on the path. I was just showing up weekly. I was even a server boy like you. It meant it was in one ear and out the other. Mm. I, it was never fertile soil. Yeah. And I never knew I was in a privileged position. I just thought it was one of my obligations to show up every week. So I, I think hopefully we talk about that. We will, because I, yeah. Because we almost have to help the, the new believers understand what this parable is about in the sense of what you have to do to get to the fertile soil part yeah. so you can bear fruit. But anyway, we can get there. Right. So so what what Jesus will now say, he says, look, uh, you're, you uh, verse uh, 17. Now he's going to explain the parable, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. He says in verse 18, therefore hear the parable. He's just going to repeat uh-huh. it with meaning now. Right. Same parable that Tristan read just right. before. And again, this is Radio WNZN coming to you, Lorraine, Ohio. If you're having a hard time hearing, you can just live stream us on www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom Mm -hmm. and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he received the seed by the wayside. Okay, now. Some things here. The sower is anyone who shares the word of God. Now, Jesus has just been sharing. Matter of fact, if you look back at like previous chapters, the Sermon on the Mount, it's all red letter, right? All He's yeah, just been, sure. he's been the sower, if you will, in this case. Right. But he says, this is critical, that he doesn't understand it. See, that's why a lot of people don't know. Yeah. They don't understand it. Yeah. They think, oh, I don't get it. What's it about? I try to read Genesis or Exodus. They need a teacher. They need yes. somebody to help them understand yes, it. Exactly. So yeah. when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes. Now, the, we're going to see, like you mentioned before, David, the soil is the heart. This should really be maybe called the parable of the, of the soils, yeah. you know, but it's <laughs> yeah. the seed. Right. Now that we're going to see the conditions of the human heart are there's four different conditions. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to see it in a moment. But the seed can <clears throat> never change. The seed has always mm-hmm. got to be the same. The mm-hmm. word of God cannot change. Mm-hmm. And what's going on today is people are trying to change the word of God to make it more acceptable mm-hmm. to popular culture. Mm-hmm. See, you can't change the seed. Right. Just like Jesus says, look. I'm going to give what I'm going to give you is new yeah. wine. Mm-hmm. You can't put it in old wineskins. You got to have new wineskins. Well, the wineskins can change, but the wine can't change. Right. How we how we contain, you know, what container we put the word in, how we present yeah. it, maybe yes. through uh, mm-hmm. music or maybe through sound, maybe through whatever. That that's just a carrier. That's just a medium. Right. But the word of God yes. cannot change. Jesus says, heaven and earth shall Amen pass away, that. but my yeah. word will endure forever. Mm-hmm. And people are trying to change yeah. the seed or the word today. You mm-hmm. can't change it. Yeah. It's not. Now consider a seed. When you look at a seed, it's like really tiny, mm-hmm. right? But a seed contains tremendous potential, yes. life potential. In the early 1960s, uh, uh, archaeologists went to the... Mm-hmm mountain yeah. Uh, yeah. fortress of Masada uh-huh. in southern Israel. I've been there. Right. They found pottery, and in the pottery were seeds. Yes. And you can Google this up. It's called the Methuselah seed. Mm. These things were over 2,000 years old. Yeah. They took these seeds back to Tel Aviv, took it to a library, put it in the right kind of environment, cultured it, watered it, 
the thing sprouts yes. up. Wow. It sprouts up. Isn't you can that, see it as you I, can research. I, I just saw a public television show with all the ice cap melting. Uh-huh. They found seeds that were 10,000 years old, the same thing. Same happened. thing. Are you wow. kidding? And that's the word of God. It's timeless. Yeah, you it's always alive. It's all it's yeah. alive. It's right. got potential. It's small. Yeah. I mean, an, you yeah. take an acorn. Right. You can hold it like a marble in your hand, right? Uh-huh. You plant that in, in the, like in your house. Right. How big are those trees now? Yeah. Like the one that right by your driveway, to I mean, the right of your driveway. The thing. Can't get how many tons it. is yeah. that? How yeah. much? But it, it, every yeah, every every great. season, yeah. it does something. Right. It, it sprouts leaves. Yeah. Then it's got seed. Then it's got flower. Mm-hmm. And then it re. re Progresses and then it loses leaves and it goes in almost like a death state in the winter. It's and almost an intelligent being. Why is right? that thing programmed exactly like that? Right. Exactly. I, I did a lesson once and I held up a thumb drive. I go, how much information is on this? How much data is? How many bytes yeah, of information? Yeah. And then I held up an acorn. Yeah. Uh, how much is on this? Yeah. To know to do that every no, year for yeah. thirty years, forty yeah. years, fifty yeah. years. Come right. on. Right. There's a God and right. He's an informing God. He yes. He downloads information. Sure. You know, and I always say, you know, you just don't know the potential of a seed. You can count the number of apples on an apple tree, but you can never count the number of apple trees in an apple. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. those seeds produce more trees, produce more trees. It's just like a human life we're going to yeah. see in a minute. You get one person mm-hmm. sold out to Jesus Christ, yeah. filled with the Word of God. Right. He's going to be influential 30, 60, 100 fold. That'll be the last soil we looked yes. at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Here we go. That's There's great. a couple. Another interesting thing here. Mm-hmm. It lands on hard ground. Yep. Now hard ground suggests a hard heart. Yes. And it's been trodden down of sin, mm-hmm. day after day, walking this way, drinking alcohol, yeah. pornography, whatever. Whatever. It Just hard hearted, hard hearted. That's why most people come to accept Jesus Christ at a young age. Mm. It's a known fact. Hmm. Before age 18, the majority, the bulk of your no uh, salvations and conversions is in there. Oh, now, as yeah. you go on, yeah. as you go older, uh, people get set in their ways. They yeah. might have left church for one reason. They may have never been saved. But as you get older and older, you're much more set in your ways. Am I right? Yes. Well, it, I'm just laughing because you were talking about all these, you know, the sinful people with the hard heart. I mean, I, I uh, didn't didn't become a new believer until about eight nine years ago so what does that say about me but no it uh sometimes it's just it's just the way it goes you you really um I, you know i i started talking to you about this i'm like you know why did this take so long for me to get this? Uh-huh. especially given the way i was raised uh roman catholic you know maronite uh server boy and yet it was eight or nine years ago yeah well we were all like that i was like i was 27 yeah. years old before right. i i think a Part of it is we just, you know, it just, we didn't have ears to hear. And no. we didn't have people maybe at that time sharing the Word of God well, with that, any kind I of think, clarity. I think that's the big thing, John. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have that, that, that kind of clarity, then it's, it's a very difficult one. But if you have a soft heart, we're going to look at this in a minute. Yeah. A hard heart, the seed lands on top, and who comes and takes it the away? birds. And yeah. the birds are what? Demons. The enemy. That's yeah. important. Yeah. That's a very important That's thing, correct. Yep. because because the Bible says the enemy comes to do what? Rob, John, kill and destroy. What's yeah. he robbing here? The seed. The word. The seed. The word of yeah. God. There's places in the world today right. they will not let the Bible come in. I know you. Well, they snatch it. Yeah. They we're, snatch it. We're going to be right. interviewing that one. That's the work week. of the devil. Right. You yeah. see, that's the work of the devil. Yeah. And whenever you see uh, a government, a law system, or something coming in yeah. and taking away your Bible. 
You see what's happening yes. now? Mm -hmm. Taking away the word of God. Yeah. We lived right next to Myanmar, right on the border. Right. And they were jamming internet that had uh, anything with a gospel message or a New Testament message. Wow. Because that's what the enemy does. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That's Absolutely. why they tell Peter and John, do what? Don't preach Jesus. Don't, yes. don't, don't. That's the work of the enemy. Mm -hmm. That's the work. People don't realize that. Say, things are seen in America today. Don't want God mentioned in schools. Don't want Ten Commandments up in a courthouse. Don't want the Word of God here. Don't want it there. We do mm -hmm. not wrestle against flesh and blood, okay? Mm -hmm. yes. It says in Ephesians, we wrestle against spiritual yes. entities right. in high places yes. that influence culture. Yeah. So you know, here, it, the, it, it, and that's akin too to what happened to the disciples. While Jesus was on earth, you thought they were really committed and loyal. But when he hung on that cross and died, what happened? They scattered like, yeah. like you know, like like rats with a flamethrower. Yeah. And then what happened? It came back, and then the power they had. It, it didn't matter what kind of afflictions or what kind of persecution they had. Ten or eleven of them were, were, were you know, yeah, were killed. Exactly were right. Sometimes exactly. gruesome, more gruesome death than Christ. But they kept preaching. Yeah. That's right. And so, um, but anyway, that's I, I think that's really important about when we get to the um, you know early yeah. fruit section. So here it says these yeah. that he uh, received it by the wayside, downtrodden, and then again, mm -hmm. um, it's sad to say that that uh, some people are just hard-hearted. That's why the Bible will say a broken and a contrite heart, yeah. God will not refuse. A broken and a, one of the biggest things to come to Christ is humility. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to say, I'm a sinner, I'm going to take ownership, I've done wrong, yeah. and that's part of the way you're going to come to salvation. Yes. You know, yeah. But if I always say, I'm not that bad, I'm not right. as bad as the other guy, that keeps you just away from salvation. Mm -hmm. Now it says in verse 20, but he who received the seed on stony places, mm -hmm. this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now this is like people that may go to church or go to a... Um, a revival, they hear the word of God and they joyfully say, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, they're happy. You might know right. people like yeah. this. Yet, Jesus says, it has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Yeah. Now, this is different from temptation? Or is well, this... yeah, it could be temptation. Actually, be. in the parable, Jesus says this particular one in verse 6, but when the sun was up, they were scorched because yeah. they had no root. They withered. Right. So if a plant has no root system, yeah. when the sun comes up, it just can't handle it. can't yeah. draw moisture from yeah. the ground. And so this is a person, when they mm -hmm. have great joy, maybe they're at campus, heard through the yeah. campus crusade, right. they accept, the they, they, they rejoice. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Two, three months go by. Maybe everything's not working out in their life. Right. Maybe they have a setback and they're thinking, mm. boy, I don't know if this is what I signed up for. You know, things get difficult. Mm -hmm. And, they, and all of a sudden, uh, it could be the pressures of life. It could be yeah. temptations. It could be the old crowd is wanting to pull you back into the old lifestyle. Mm. And you, because you don't have a root system, you fall. Yeah. You, you collapse. Yeah. And that's what Jesus says. So first one is stony ground. Uh, first one is hard ground. This is stony ground. Yeah. And it just doesn't have depth. Uh, there's a lot of people today... Uh, they just don't have spiritual depth. They yeah. could have it if they want it, but they don't have it. You yeah. know, and so and, uh, this one is uh, akin to more of a shallow heart. Yeah, exactly right. right. And the first one was a hard heart. Right. Yeah. So if you if your topsoil is like quarter inch thick, you might be able to plant something there for a yeah. week or two weeks, 
But when the sun is out hot and the storms and the wind. And so in our situation, when you were mentoring me at your house, you know, the first time I was there, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm coming back. Mm. Then I came back a second time and I started getting more interested to a point where I actually was looking forward to coming back. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where the pivot occurred. You know, that's Hunger. where I had a, that's where I had, there was a regime shift in my thinking and in my eyesight of what you were teaching me. Yeah, that's yeah, but, a sign of spirit. It, you know, and so in the first two, if you don't have that, like I said, it's tough, man, because the world's just flying by. Oh, it's, right? it's rough. Yeah. It, it'll say in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about this idea of not having a root. Right. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and just what you just said fills in here kind of nicely, because um, if you look, if you wanted to read this, Tristan, sure. Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 11 um, through 14. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Look at that. Yeah. Not tossed to and fro. Mm -hmm. See, this is what happens oftentimes. Big thing going on. We're going to do a show on it. It's called Deconstructing, where believers mm -hmm. um, are go to church, raise in church, go off to college, go off to the workplace, and all of a sudden they, they walk away from their faith. Yeah. They deconstruct it for right. one reason. We're going to do a whole show on this. It's a... Right. It, Number-wise, this is very significant, what's going on in America today in this. Why? Well, they, they get too, tossed to and fro right. by every wind of doctrine. Atheism, agnosticism, evolution, there is no God. Why believe in a God? If there's a God, he wouldn't judge you. Hmm. All of these kind of things, because they're not firmly grounded. Right. And who helps firmly ground you? Evangelists, pastors, teachers, just like Tristan just read. I see. We are all supposed to be well-grounded and rooted, not tossed to and fro. And mm -hmm. that's why the Bible... You go on, David. Yeah, and, you know, I start thinking about the one-liners you always told me yeah. while you were educating me, because I think part of it, too, is you have to have those common-sense things hit you. Like you always told me, Dave, it's just potholes on the road. Keep going. It's going to clear up. You'll be on the Autobot. You know, every storm runs out of rain. Uh, you know, every every evening turns into day. Yeah, right. The, the, but the issue is with, and that's a song, but the issue with the word is when you get it entrenched, it allows you to go through those storms. Yeah. Because, and wait it out. Some people can't wait it out for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. that's and, a, and, and they start losing all the word and their faith and everything else. Well, when Jesus was given difficult sayings about yeah. denying oneself and coming after him, Many left him, it says in John yeah. chapter 6. And he turns to Peter and says, Peter, will you also leave me? And Peter says, where will we go, Lord? For you have the words of eternal life. Mm -hmm. So he was starting to get grounded. He yeah. wasn't perfect yet yeah. or anything. Wow. But the deal was, back to your original point, David, when you got hungry for the word of God, mm -hmm. it becomes not something you had to learn, but you wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. That's what sign of spiritual birth, because it says in Peter... As a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. Mm -hmm. So a newborn baby, you don't have to teach him to cry and scream to get milk. Then as you mature, yeah. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth of God. Yeah. And then Paul finally says to the Corinthians, I wanted to feed you strong meat. Yeah. So that idea of 
getting yeah. the word of God in you, in you, in you is something we can choose to do. Yes. Most, many, many Christians are living on a fast food diet. Yes. It's just not a yeah. little bit here, a little bit there, a yeah. little bit, the little sermon, the little devotional. It's not really sustainable in this culture where there's all kinds of crazy doctrines and mm-hmm. teachings out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, even when I started with you, um, you talked about milk, but first you said, i got to start drinking some water. <laughs> and then we'll get to the milk. <laughs> and then we that. get to the meat. Okay. But it's, uh, you know, and that is st- that is so true. Um, but, but anyway. Yeah. So, okay, so now this one, it, for tribulation. Are you still in Ephesians 4? Uh, no, we left there. Okay. It just, I just wanted to show you how if we're not grounded and rooted, sure. okay. we're tossed to and fro. Right. By our, and that's what's happening today. Yeah. And it's sad to say, believers that are not rooted they can go this way that way and they just don't it shouldn't happen because they we should be well established to to sort through these these crazy philosophies and doctrines that are out there today because if you have the word of god right it says the the word of god is sharp and powerful like a two-edged sword Mm -hmm. well i always use the symbolism of a sword it's got a point and then it's got two blades on either side right Mm -hmm. Well, if you can use the sword correctly, you can cut through arguments. The point is the deity of Jesus. So if you encounter somebody in a cult, let's say like Jehovah Witness, you just probe them on the deity of Jesus and right away it collapses because they think same thing with all kinds of stuff. And then you can push the blade in further because I say the one side of the blade is the Old Testament. The other side is the New Testament. So you can use our problem today as believers. Many of us are using a pocket knife. Right. Instead of a sword, right. that, that is, we know a little, yeah. right. but we we can't go out in the world and actually cut through right. philosophies you know, and arguments. The best example is when Jesus went away for those forty days into the wilderness, and the enemy came to try and tempt him. Oh yeah, he didn't beat him to a pulp with his fist or have the angels come down and pop him. He used the, the word to defeat him. Yeah. So that's where you see him using the sword. It was unbelievable. You got to use yeah. the sword in today's environment. I always have been. An old lesson an old preacher once yeah. told us. He says, never lay down your sword and start fighting with your hands. Mm-hmm. Don't go to human argument. Use the word of God. Yeah. Never lay down your sword and fight it with your hands. Yeah. Because we have the word of God and it cuts yeah. through arguments. This, this word is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We're going to go one day. I'll leave here one yeah. day. You know, This thing's going to stay. Mm-hmm. And so now he says, uh, verse 20, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. They no yeah. longer wanted to... To confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, they don't. Maybe they were put to the pressure. Are you a Christian? Uh, you know, and they don't mm-hmm. because culture mm-hmm. saying they don't, don't say you're a Christian. Don't say you believe in this or that. Okay, I won't. Or you know, people yeah. fall, collapse. Now he goes, verse twenty-two. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who receives the word. But the cares and the riches of the world yeah. and deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Mm-hmm. So number one, we had the one soil was hard heart. Right. Number two, we had the shallow heart. Right. Number three, we have the crowded, crowded or the yeah. distracted right. heart. I see. Right. And this is really big today. Oh heck yeah! Because why? Th- th- this is the biggest issue, really. Yeah. Because it's growing, mm-hmm. and then what happens? One of the first things that come among the thorns. Right. Well. What was the first thing came out of creation after Adam and Eve sinned? Thorns from the Thorns ground. and yeah. came out of the ground, remember? Yeah. Yes. Which indicated right. fallen nature, yes. sin. sin. What was Jesus crowned with? 
Crimes. There you go. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like he who knew no sin became sin for right. us. That, yeah. So the idea, this, it's they, it's among thorns. He hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Why are riches deceitful? Because they're short-lived. I mean, you you can you know you, you can gain the entire world. There you go. It's so short a period of time. You're going to lose your eternal life because of it. It's Notice that it. much of a distraction. Power is too. Fame, power, money. Plus, he doesn't say riches are bad. See, the Bible doesn't say money is bad. It says what? The love of money is bad. Money is actually good if used properly. Right, and good stewardship and entrepreneurship. How would you describe the love of money then? Love of money is means I put everything in my I put all of my trust in money. Yes. My my you, my. You hold it above other people and your family, above you know your neighbor, above your church, above your giving needs. It, it is it's all you think it about. It becomes you your god. Like the movie Scrooge. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good that's a good one to yeah, think about. <laughs> that's a good one because everything his heart he, was softened and that one happened. And then yeah. he all he develops yeah. relationships with people and Tiny Tim and onward right. and out. Right. Yeah. But the idea this is a big one again for our yeah. culture because we put so much emphasis on wealth and celebrity and appearances. But are these people genuinely happy? Right. Not necessarily. If you look at you know divorces oh, and, and prodigal children and yeah, drug suicides, abuse and anxiety and with, suicide, with the famous. you know. And, and yeah. again, like you said, Jesus says, "What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul?" Right. Right. What, what, is, what, what did the Son of God leave the earth with? Yeah. The clothes on his back. Yeah, even that so they stripped off. I know, and then they stripped those off. Unbelievable. I mean, if I, you, I always keep that in my head because, man. If you look at the book the of Revelation, of right. there's a very interesting thing here with the fall of Babylon, which many have believed that this is a type of the world system, the materialistic world system, right? You're in Revelations what, John? Uh, Revelations chapter uh, 18. Revelation chapter 18. And I just want to go real quick over this. I don't want to get in depth on this. Uh-huh. But 18 is, is destruction of Babylon. This Babylonian, mm-hmm. some, some suggest it's the world system to fall. Yeah. But it says in verse 9, the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her, Babylon, will weep and lament when they see the smoke burning. And they see this whole thing is collapsing, right? But notice what it says here. Verse 11, the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys her merchandise. And it goes through this list, this catalog, verse 12. Gold and silver. What's the whole monetary system around the world based on today? Gold and silver. Then it goes down. Precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, scarlet, every kind of wood, every object of ivory, every object most precious wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, incense, fragrant oil, uh, sheep, horses, chariots. But what's last on the list in verse 13? Human souls. The souls of men. Wow. It's on the bottom. That's what the world thinks. It doesn't assume. It puts all these other things above that. Because it actually, well, souls is actually here in this in this context. It says cattle, sheep, horses. Cattle are above these. Cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, slaves. That is human souls. So it doesn't even. It doesn't even. The world doesn't even see, see slaves to be the souls. But in know? God, in God's eyes, the human soul is the most important mm-hmm. commodity, if mm-hmm. you will. So the idea that riches and wealth distract people from God. So instead of, that's why it's nice on our coins we have in God we trust. Oh, yeah, at least. But they're trying to get that taken off, and I think they would like to put on in gold we trust. Uh, Uh, They're uncertain riches. They're just, you you could be poor today, you could be wealthy here. 
and you don't take anything with you when you go. Mm. You can t send it ahead. That's why Jesus say, lay up mm. your, for yourself treasures in heaven. But when you go, yeah. you know, like they say, you never see a Brinks truck follow a hearse down the funeral park. You know, yeah. it just doesn't That's happen. Right. Yeah. Wealthy people are gone. You know, the, the you know they say at the end of the day, at the end of the chess game, the king and the pawn go into the same box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's over. Okay, there's the quote. So the, I, this is so like relevant, that, yeah. so good. relevant today yep. that the cares and the riches of the world, deceitfulness of rhythm, and it becomes unfruitful. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like this one has taken root, but it's just not going to be bearing more fruit. There's mm -hmm. just too much distraction in this person's life. Yeah. Too much. Taking them hither and yon. That's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and right. his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added right. to you. Right. Not that God does not want us to have things, but he says, it's a little like when Jesus gives the parable of the mind, the man that had a really great year, business year. He's got so much, he's got to tear down his barns and yeah. big, bigger ones and bigger ones. And then he, the man finally says, take ease, O my soul, rest, for now you are rich and you don't have any right. cares. But what happens? God says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Mm -hmm. He made plans for everything, but he trusted in things instead of God. Right. It wasn't bad that he had a great year or he's a good entre you know, investor, but he didn't think he left God out of all his mm -hmm. equations. Mm -hmm. That's the Gosh. problem. That's yeah. what he's talking about here. Right. So now we see this idea, he becomes unfruitful. Now this goes to this next one, which is verse 23. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and what? Understands yeah. it. Mm. Understands it. Right. Think about this. Do you remember when the Ethiopian eunuch was leaving Jerusalem? He was up there for a feast day, and he's in his chariot. Yep. And remember what this what happened in that story, Tristan? Well, the, the chariot is uh, riding, and he's reading a scroll from Isaiah. Right. He stops the chariot. Yeah. So um, he's confused on this one scripture that he's reading, and he wishes that there was somebody there to explain it to him. And um, there's this guy passing by. I forget who Philip. it is. God Philip. sends Philip by so the Holy Philip Spirit. So yeah. Philip pa is passing by, and he hears this guy, and then he's like, hey, would you want somebody to help you understand what you're reading? Um, the guy's like, yeah, that'd be great. So then he gets in the chariot with the Ethiopian guy, and they're riding. And uh, Philip's explaining to him what's being said in the scriptures, and the Ethiopian eunuch is actually really amazed. And he's like, wow, this is awesome. What's to stop me from getting baptized? Right. And Philip's like, nothing let's do it right there's here. water so right? then they, they stop at this random pool philip baptizes the guy and the moment he's baptized philip disappears and the guy is like whoa so good that's a good synopsis so there you have somebody that was seeking mm -hmm. he's got the scripture but he doesn't understand it he was reading isaiah 53 right. and he says to philip you know, philip says to him do you understand he goes how can i unless somebody teaches me right that's where we come in as believers. We should be able to explain the Bible mm. to seekers yeah. in understandable terms. Right. And and right away, God had prepared. But think about it. This guy was a treasurer in Ethiopia. Mm. He's going back. He's in a in chariot, probably with a huge caravan. He's riding in a limousine, let's yeah. say. He goes back into Ethiopia. What's he taking with him? The gospel. Yeah. Wow. At a high governmental position. Man. And just because Philip yeah. was ready, yeah. what if Philip didn't know the Old Testament? Oh, right. He'd go, I don't know what it means either. You know, But this is really puts it on us. Right. We should yeah. know Jesus in the Old Testament. Right. I, I constantly say this. We're going to do a whole show. I might do a whole series on this. Wow. Is Christ in the Old Testament? Because it's our, it's, our, 
it is a proof system God has given to us because we have a two book source of authority. Right. Yeah. All other Testament, religions, that'd be a great, one be a great book. Right. One book. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be teaching on it. I take the Old Testament. That top one is uh, the Old Testament, same books we have in our Old Testament. The other book is uh, the New Testament. It just happens to be the same color because that's my tiny New Testament. But those two have to clip together, tongue and groove. No other philosophy, no other religion has that proof system. Boom, bang. Um, We'll do a whole series on that because I'm supposed to be teaching that somewhere. somewhere. So now, now we see this one is distracted. Do we live in a distracted world today? Heck yeah. Yep. When I grew up in the 1950s watching TV, you know how many channels we had? Three. Yeah. Hmm. Three. And we had like two big time name broadcasters, Walter Cronkite and Hinckley and Brinkley or somebody. But you, that was it. They just told the news. Now how many stations do we have if you have cable? As many as you can. <laughs> 300, 400. I mean, the stimuli, yeah. the distractions. Yeah. And I think this is one of the biggest problems we have today for people coming to faith right. or having a weak faith because they want to serve God, they want to know God, but they got so much going on. Yeah. They got so much going on out there, distracting them. And so that that's where it ends up. You know, Jan, I, I think one of the things uh, that I was writing down is we're the ones who determine what kind of soil our hearts will be. I mean, that's the key to it. We, we, we can't blame anybody for that. I mean, that's you, a good you, point. yeah, the enemy can take the seed off the path and whatnot, but we have to decide if we're going to have the hard heart, the shallow heart, crowded heart, or receptive heart. I like what James said in 121, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. I think that really the key is, and, and to somebody that's a new believer, that, believer, that's probably gibberish what I just read, mm-hmm. but... You know, I, I think it's important. The first person, when you get the word, it's what you do immediately after that. Mm-hmm. It's no, what I agree. You do immediately after that, and so um, that's really critical. And I hope the people listening that are new believers, please get into a church right away. Find some people that can talk to you. Get into a strong Bible study, mm-hmm. so so that your soil gets more fertile. So before you get out and start to lose it with the craziness of the world, you, you, you'll you'll start setting up your your good soil bed. Yeah, and, and that's the most important thing. You know, the other thing too is sometimes the you know the the the, uh, the good soil. Sometimes people with good intentions turn you into the crowded heart mm. because that happened to me. So, you know, I, I, I was a bunch around a bunch of new believers, but they surprised attacked me. Remember that? I told you that mm-hmm. story where I went to this house and there was 12 people sitting in a circle with the Bible telling me, you know, I'm a sinful kid and I better do this and that. Mm-hmm. It's in the approach. Yeah. So you have to make sure you guard yourself and find the right right area where you can jump in. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because that happened to me too. Yeah. Where I bounced back for a while. But you're right about breaking up the heart, a humble heart. It says yeah. this in, in uh, Psalm 51, verse 17. Sacrifices of God are a broken heart, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Right. God yeah. honors that. It says this. I love this verse. It's mm-hmm. in uh, 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 57, uh, Isaiah 57, verse 15. It says, For thus says the High and Holy One, who inhabits eternity, 
That's God, right? Yeah, he right. an eternity. Whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. He's just beyond the universe, the cosmos, and everything. But it says, I dwell with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit right. to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite right. one. If you come to God in humility... Yes. And in contrition yes. and wanting to receive God and his mm -hmm. forgiveness, it says he he will in no wise despise mm -hmm. you. Right. Yeah. Even though he dwells in eternity, he's all holy, he sees that one that's kneeling yeah. and crying out to God, he will honor that. Yeah, and, and that is, I think, the gift, that when you start to see that, you're, you don't get, the word doesn't get choked off by the distraction of money or the pursuit of power or worldly pleasures or whatever. Well, once you realize that, that, that's the, that was the pivot point for me. Yeah. And then I started realizing the word is not a bunch of gibberish. Right. And this is giving me more power than I ever could have accumulated in the world. And it's also going to give my family and I eternal life. And, well, you, what's there not to run for the... It's a win-win. Yeah. You I'm know, running for the goal line, man. Man, you know? I mean, I'm not going to be... Yeah. Look, look in this life. Once you receive Christ... Just on a practical level, right? You, you, you will not be a drunkard. I'm saying if you really have a walk with Christ, you will not do things that harm your body. You will not be self-destructive uh, with right. habits. You're going to associate with really good people that want to help people, even practical ways of building schools right. and, and leprosy right. and, and uh, right. help people with AIDS and stuff like that. Number three, your mind starts clearing up. Mm -hmm. Number four, you know how to pray and see results. How about it? A job situation. I'm yes. not talking prosperity. I'm just yeah. talking open doors and favor God gives you. Plus, when it comes to die, you're ready to die. I've been with Christians who have died. Like when my brother was in hospice for two weeks. He didn't want to die. We could pray for healing. But he was ready to die. He was singing songs. He's laughing. He's joking. Why? Because yeah. to be absent from the body, is to be, this thing is a win-win. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I think one of the key visuals for that is I think about Jesus on the boat with that huge storm and he's sleeping. Yeah. And everybody's going crazy, yeah, right. right? And then they wake him up. He's like, what? What? What's the yeah, problem? Yeah. So, you know, just picturing that all the time when you're in the storm, you know, it, it really gives you a calming presence in your own mind. And, you know, over time, what I'm starting to realize is, yeah, sometimes I, I might lose it for a little bit, but then I go back to that equilibrium to say, no, I'm on the right path. We're going to get through this. The, the storm, the rain is going to dry up soon. And, you know, the sun's coming out tomorrow. And you just have to keep on that path. Right. But that's what the word gives you is that equilibrium, that stability. They get right. That's the, that's the bottom line. It's the anchor. Yes. So right. here we, we're almost done, but we, this is the fourth one. Right. And this one we call the fruitful heart. It says in verse 23, But he who receives the seed on the good ground right. is one who hears the word and what? understands it that's yeah. critical yeah. just like you just said about philip and the ethiopian eunuch tristan mm -hmm. he gave him understanding yeah. mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't understand the word of god so so john you know well when we say understand the word of god i gotta tell you i didn't understand half of the old testament i was in deuteronomy and i was doing all right this, and i was like what on earth are they talking about right even today it's very complex so is the main word that jesus was the son of god that he came down to redeem us. He died on the cross for our, our sins uh, and rose so that we could have eternal life. Isn't that the core? That's the heart. Yeah, so everything else gets you to the point so right. you can connect the old and the new. But but that's really the main theme we're trying to get across. That's what listeners. Paul calls. The, yeah. He says of first importance, 1 Corinthians right. chapter 15, verse 1-3. through. 
He says, of first importance, the, right. is this, I, this is the gospel that I receive, yeah. I pass on to you, mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ came according to the scriptures, was crucified, yeah. buried, and rose from the dead, uh, crucified for your sins, buried for three days, rose from the dead according to the scriptures. That is, that is the heart mm -hmm. of the gospel. Everything else yeah. is important, of it, course. It, and so the whole Bible is basically the story of exactly. God coming down from heaven to right. save us. To redeem. It, it's, it's all about Christ. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. Christ is in the Old Testament, and he completes the Old Testament uh, prophecies with the New Testament. And he, so that, that's what it's all about. I think I, I just wanted to convey that. Because no, you're exactly I, I right. I didn't understand that at first. No. I was so confused with the Old Testament, and I did I couldn't follow it, and I was trying to add everything up. And It can be confusing, yes, but, yeah. but that's why we need teachers or right. good pastors. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an illustration because we're almost going to close the program. This man came home from work, and he was very tired. He wanted to read the sports page, and his little boy came up to him and was kept, kept bugging him. He wanted him to read this magazine, yeah. National Geographic, about travel and all that. And the father goes, come here. And so he, he, takes, he takes the magazine, on the back was a, a globe, was a, a, and, he, and he cuts this thing in, in multiple pieces, gives him some scotch tape, and he says, when you put this together, to put this globe together, uh, I'll, I'll take the time. I'm going to read this story. And he thinks, okay, I'm going to have at least a half hour before the kid gets this done. About five minutes later, the kid comes here, Daddy. And the globe is all put together. He goes, how did you do that? He goes, well, on the other side was a picture of a man. When I put the man together, the world came together. <laughs> you see, when we get Jesus yeah. as the center, yeah. we'll start understanding Deuteronomy and Exodus and yeah. Leviticus. You see, once you get that, boom. And that's why Jesus says, search the scriptures, they testify of me. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into this because we're going to do a whole oh, yeah. series on Christ in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So now we come to this idea. The word is received on good ground. Now remember, Paul says, one plants, one waters, but God gives this a mysterious spiritual process how this word takes root. <coughs> What's critical here is understanding. And he bears fruit. There it goes. 160, 34. So this is not arithmetically. Math, you know, one, two, three, it's exponential. Mm. 30, 60, 100. Why do I say this? You do not know how far one man's life can influence That's another, right. the world. That's why Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will and I will grant it to you. you have, mm -hmm. He says, and you will bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. You don't know how far one life can impact the world. Because you're planting seed and you're cultivating seed. It, you know, it, it, just real quick, I, in terms of you know the, this one friend of mine, it took five years, and then I could just see the lights going on. And and every time I just would say a little bit, I'd ask how the family was. We'd pray for his his kids, and it took five years. Now, why did I invest that long? Because I saw he had a heart yeah. that really was a good heart. Right. And that this would be a wonderful person if he got in the Word. Because how much uh, fruit he could bear. Yeah, you don't so know. You just, but you don't know the timing of. You don't know right. how much influence you're going to have. It's just a great thing to know yeah. that your life can impact right. another person's yeah. life. I mean, you know, your life will reach somebody. He might be the next Billy Graham or right. something. We don't know. But all right. we know is to be faithful, stay in the Word of God, and believe that God gives the increase. Yes. He will. He he's looking for fruitfulness. He mm -hmm. wants us to be fruitful. Mm -hmm. You see, and so. This closes this famous parable. We'll look at other parables in the future. We have a very interesting guest coming up next week. 
I think people will be interested yeah. in this ministry yeah. in a very, very difficult part of the world. We'll have a, this young lady is a tremendous testimony. So thanks again, Tristan, for sitting in, and yes, David, and everybody you, listening. Man. This is WNZN.org. And really, I want to encourage everybody out there, you're somewhere on this scale, on this spectrum. Yeah. Unless you're totally off the spectrum, you never heard the Word of God, but not listen to the station, you hear the Word of God. But has the Word of God, have you heard it as a child? And maybe you disregarded it, or you walked away from church and the things of God. Or maybe you're in a place now where the world is going topsy-turvy, and you got a lot of worries. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you are that good ground. Right. You can, Every one of us can be that good ground right. Right. If, if we'll seek the Lord and have a humble heart right. and a forgiving heart. Yeah. So thank you again for tuning in. God bless all of you. And, uh, yeah, just look at that again and just remember these three. The hard heart, the shallow heart, the distracted heart, and the fruitful heart. Yes. God bless you all.